Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are, hour number two on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Pleased to be joined now by Sports Illustrated Dolphins writer Alan Pupar joining us here on the show. And uh, we got to start here, Alan, because the shoe is firmly on the other foot from where it was in week three when the Bills had five defensive starters out due to injury, didn't have starting center Mitch Morris, and then they were dropping like flies during the course of the game. Now it's now it's the Dolphins that look like a mash unit. My God, that injury report yesterday was ridiculous. Yeah, and then I, I might offer that they had it worse than the Bills did in week three. Uh, if you're looking at the offense right now, they're looking at the possibility of not having five starters on offense, starting with Tua Tungo-Vailoa. Raheem Mostert's got a broken thumb. And then you got three guys on the offensive line. Teron Armstead, who's a question mark with... His, his list of 17 different injuries. Liam Eikenberg, who just got back into the lineup last week, had a uh, hand injury, left, and then came back against the Jets. And then we got an issue at right tackle where Brandon Shell, who had been starting, uh, has ankle knee injuries, and he hasn't practiced either of the first two days this week. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's a mess in terms of injuries. Not exactly how you want to go into a playoff game, that's for sure. Certainly some of those guys will probably give it a go, so to speak, uh, and not be 100% out after getting some time off. But even if they do, uh, it's interesting because, you know, you get their tearing arms. They, he's got like four things going on, right? Uh, toe, mm -hmm. knee, uh, hip, peck and, hip. and peck. Um yeah. And then, you know, they've all got a long list of this stuff. So most of them, it seems to be stuff they're going to have to deal with, but they'll probably be able to go at least a handful of these guys. 
Yeah, that, that's a, the problem is, is I'm not sure uh, because, again, like, as I mentioned, Mostert's got a broken thumb, which for a running back who, who wants, he wants to, who you want to have carry the ball, not exactly ideal. Two has already been ruled out. Uh, Brandon Shell, uh, Mike McDaniel told us on Monday that it's not likely. Uh, Eichenberg's a big question mark. And then Armstead, he's been injured the entire year. He's rarely practiced. Pretty much every week it's come down to Sunday morning, but he's missed the past two games. Uh, and then he's had three injuries for a while now, and then he had a, the hip injury a couple of weeks ago, and he hasn't played since that popped up. He missed the last two games against New England and against the Jets. So, uh, see, knock on wood that he's in the lineup because he makes a huge difference. Everybody's talking about not having two in the lineup. Well, a lot of the times the backup quarterback seven had Armstead, and that's played – a big role as well in the offense, not performing as well when two is out of the lineup because the pass protection just doesn't hold up. They can't do the same things offensively. Farm says not in the lineup. And at this point, yeah, you know, you, you keep your fingers crossed that they'll be able to go, but it's far, 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 far from, you know, from a, a, a certainty that it'll be able to play. So obviously Tua is a big loss because the offense clearly functions best when he is in there. He's clearly their most efficient passer, probably their most accurate passer, and probably their best anticipatory passer. All of that being said, can Skylar Thompson at least make the offense functional as you see it? I think he can, but a lot of it depends on what the offensive line, the offensive line does in front of him. Uh, because a lot of the times what happens is, is pressure gets to Thompson fairly quickly. Uh, he's not going to get the ball out nearly as quickly as Tua does because that's one of Tua's strengths. And Thompson kind of wants to see things develop in front of him a little bit more. And it, it, one funny thing is one of, of Thompson's longest completions last week was like a 36-yarder, I think it was, to Mike Gesicki. Well, on the play, there was a deeper receiver, and it got to Gesicki because his arm was hit as he was throwing the ball. So that just kind of illustrates the issues they have up front. But, I mean, Thompson, I think there's a lot of comparisons being made of what Brock Purdy, a fellow rookie seventh-round pick, is doing in San Francisco. Well, I mean, San Francisco has got talent all over the place on offense, and the Dolphins are not quite at that level. I think if the offensive line can perform and hold up a little bit, I think they can get some things done. Uh, more so than they did against the Jets. And the, the, the other thing against the Jets, if we look back at that 11-6 to final, I think the Dolphins were ultra-conservative on offense in that game because they knew the Jets' offense was injury-riddled, number one, not very good, number two, so they didn't have to do that much offensively to win the game. That's obviously not the case with the Bills. They're going to have to do a lot more offensively, and I think they might op open things up. Um, and again, as I and I'm going to go back to it again. The offensive line has to do its job, and if Skylar Thompson is given protection, yeah, I do think he has the ability to make some things work it, offensively. It seems that the best chance the Dolphins would have in the scenarios that we're talking about would be find some way, shape, or form to get the ball to Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill as fast as you can. Either line them up in the backfield, hand it to them, or give them quick passes and let them work in space. That those two guys really are the hope for the Dolphins to come out and play well in this game? Offensively, yeah, no question. I, um, the running game was really good when the teams played uh, at Highmark Stadium on December 18th, it was, or December 17th, it was, I'm sorry. Um, 
is it going to be as effective depending on the offensive line issues and with no Raheem Mostert? Probably not. Um, and this is where Hill and Waddle with their ability to turn like a 10 yard catch into a 60 yard touchdown can make a difference. And that certainly obviously would help if they can hit on one or two of those. I think the big thing with the Dolphins is their margin for error in this game is going to be microscopic. If they have the opportunity to hit a big play, they need to connect every single time. And then they need to be able to get a long gain off a really short throw, whether it be a short cross or a wide receiver screen, jet sweep, you know, one of those things. Flipping it over to the defensive side, Alan, I saw that total defense over the last three weeks, Miami's up around the top of the league. Uh, they lost two of those three games to Green Bay and New England, um, due in part to some defensive touchdowns being scored against them off turnovers. Uh, second in yards per play allowed, second in run defense, second in yards per carry average. How much do you attribute that to the level of their opponents that they were playing, and how much do you attribute that to, hey, this defense is finishing on an uptick? Yeah, I... That's a good question. Maybe a combination of both against the Jets on Sunday. I mean, I was looking at the Jets and felt sorry for them because my Lord, was that a, 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 you know, like a really bad offense with injury issues on top of everything else. And Joe Flacco was sitting back there and he had a guy in his face the second he dropped back, even though Dolphins didn't get any sacks. Um, they, there's some talent on defense and they, they have the ability, you know, to get things done. And if the Dolphins are going to pull off this upset on Sunday, yeah, the defense is going to have to come up big. It's going to have to create some turnovers. There was one in the game uh, in December. It was a uh, fumble forced by Jalen Phillips on a sack, and that's the recipe for success. Again, the Dolphins have to have everything pretty much go right for them to be able to win this game, and that includes forcing a turnover and not, not let Josh Allen go crazy with the running. Dolphins finished sixth in the NFL in run defense, but the one area where they've had problems there is is running quarterbacks, whether it be Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, or Josh Allen. So that's an area where, again, they have to tighten up a little bit. What will what have the Dolphins learned about playing Josh Allen? I mean, certainly the running quarterback does give them problems. There's absolutely no question about it. But Josh Allen has really played well against the Dolphins, and they just don't or haven't been able to derail him as of yet. What do you think – uh, what, what do you think their plan is, and how is it going to be different this time than it has been in the last, well, eight or ten games against Josh Allen, all eight or ten of them? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they haven't solved them, period. They've played well against them for, like, portions of games, like the first half in the game at Buffalo last year, the first quarter in the season finale in 2020 before Allen and the Bills went nuts in the second quarter, but never for a full game. And eventually – they just haven't found an answer for him. I think what I mean, what they have to do is basically try to get pressure with their front four up front when when they line up with four guys to get pressure. You know, maintain the edge to not get you know not get killed by you know bootlegs out with Allen getting outside too too easily. But um, you know, I, they have to play very sound fundamental ball. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then you know tackle very well but like as i mentioned they have not really solved even in the game they won in, in miami in september it's not because the bills didn't move the ball they just couldn't finish drives and there were a couple of self-inflicted mistakes from the bills that eventually became the difference in the outcome but uh yeah that, i mean that's part of the tough task i mean it, 
this is why even if the Dolphins had everybody available on offense, going up to Buffalo and winning this game would still be a major challenge because the Dolphins have just not really solved Josh Allen. And now they have to do it with an offense that, you know, might be limited in terms of what it can chip in. And, you know, if you look at last week's game for the Bills against New England, the Patriots defense decided they weren't going to give him an escape route uh, to lengthen a play, make an off-script play, play some backyard football, and they kept him hemmed in the pocket pretty effectively for most of the game. They let him out one time, and he throws a 42-yard touchdown to John Brown on a backyard football play, but they they were committed to giving him no escape lanes, and you know their offense was good enough to keep him in the game for a while. Um, it just... That doesn't sound like Coach Boyer's attempt, uh, approach, though, defensively more often than not. I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm just wondering if they might try to take a page out of New England's book last week. Oh, I could see that happening because, as I mentioned, everything else they've tried against Josh Allen hasn't worked. Um, or they may know, maybe try the bend-but-don't-break approach, you know, just – uh, and one problem for the Dolphin defense all year has been getting off the field on third down. And this is where they have to hone in. And if you remember the game uh, in Buffalo in December, that long game winning drive, there were a couple of third down conversions that completely known to, to prove the difference in the outcome. So yeah, I, I would not be surprised if the Dolphins tried a different approach. And um, even if it means, you know, again, perhaps a little bit less of an aggressive approach with the pass rush, as you mentioned, to make sure to keep Allen in the pocket, make him eventually have to throw the ball. But that doesn't come without its risk, uh, you know, as well, because Allen, if you give him long enough, and that and that was one of the big plays in that game in December was, I believe, it was a 15-yard completion after they got a second and 18 after a sack by Zach Sealer on that game-ending drive. And Allen had all day to throw and eventually found Gabe Davis which made it a third and three that they were able to convert and then go on for that long game-winning drive. Also, some of the rhetoric coming out of Miami hasn't had to do with the Dolphins at all. It's had to do with Tom Brady becoming on the table for ownership back into that, you know, you're going back into that abyss uh, of starting to think about replacing Tua as Tua sitting there trying to come out of concussion protocol. And they got all this other stuff. How big a distraction is all of that? And, is it? I mean, it can't be helping. What are your thoughts on the rhetoric that is surrounding the team that has nothing to do with what they're doing this weekend? Yeah, I think it's inevitable. And I mean, Steve, you played in the league like a, a long time. I, I think once you get into the prep mode for the game, uh, Tua is not even playing in the game. So if anybody would be bothered by that kind of talk, it would be Tua, and he's not playing. I don't think Skylar Thompson really he's going to be worried about anything beyond the game on Saturday with, I mean, Sunday, which is such a huge opportunity for him as a rookie seventh round pick. And as I mentioned before, also it's inevitable because, and it's a discussion that everybody's going to dive into very deeply after the season ends. Um, especially if it ends on Sunday, if you're the Miami Dolphins, what do you do at quarterback moving forward with Tua who had a very, very good year. I mean, he had a great year for most of the season until his production dipped a little bit toward the end. And then with the concussion issues, he's missed four starts. Every season he's been in the NFL, he's missed starts. And now we've arrived at, arrived at the point where the Dolphins could sign him to a long-term extension if they wanted to. 
kind of hard to see them doing that right now because of again the durability cloud over Tua, which fair or unfair, is absolutely there. Could they exercise a fifth year option to keep him, you know, under team control for 2023 and 2024? That's certainly a possibility, but they also have to think, okay, what's what's our long term plan uh, at quarterback? And this is where I would tell you that Tom Brady is not a long-term plan. If you bring in Tom Brady, it's for, I'm going to guess, one year at the most. And then you're kind of back to the square one in 2024 is what do you do for a long-term answer to quarterback in a division where you have to deal with Josh Allen twice a year. Yeah, have fun with that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's interesting to say the least uh, in terms of what they're going to do there. Uh, Red zone defense. Allen uh, hasn't been terribly great. I mean, they did fine against the Jets last week, but as you said, you're talking about, you know, a washed up Joe Flacco and a myriad of other problems with the Jets. Um, the Bills went four of five in the red zone in the last matchup. It was a big reason why Miami couldn't finish that game with a win. And I know New England went two for two a couple of weeks ago. What is it that's been tough for them to get stops down there and at the very least force field goals instead of touchdowns? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I I look back at that Buffalo game. To me, me, everything boiled down to Josh Allen was just just won the game. Um, Because I don't know that the Dolphins, even though it wasn't perfect, I'm not sure that they could have played a much better game under the circumstances. Um, But Josh Josh Allen just beat them. Uh, but going back to like the overall red zone issues, well, the fact that the Dolphins have not been able to generate a great pass rush with only four guys is a problem. Uh, we mentioned the offensive line being decimated. They've had injuries in the secondary all year. Even the one guy uh, who's been able to play, I mean, actually they've had two starters who've been able to play the whole year is Javon Holland and Xavier Howard, but Howard's dealt with stuff pretty much the whole year, has not had a Xavier Howard type year, even though he made the Pro Bowl. <clears throat> cough, cough by reputation only. Um, and that's been a problem. I mean, they can only cover guys for so long and the pass rush is not getting to quarterbacks. All right. So, so let's take that a step further. Bradley Chubb comes in a first dra- round draft pick goes out. $115 million goes to Bradley Chubb's bank account, uh, at least over the next several years. And he's got two and a half sacks in a Dolphins uniform. Uh, are there already, ticked off Dolphins fans as to the ransom that was paid for Bradley Chubb in light of the results they've gotten through, what is it now, seven games? No question. I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of the fans are not happy about it. Um, and then throwing darts at Chris Greer because he's a favorite target if the Dolphins are not blowing out every, every opponent. But no, and they paid a huge price for him, and it's fair to question the, the impact he's made even before now he's dealing with uh, ankle and thumb injuries. He missed a game, came back against the Jets, played very limited snaps. Um, likely to play this week. How much more is he, is he going to be able to play than he played against the Jets? Not sure. But this is a guy for, for what they gave up and the contract they gave him. You expect him. I don't want to say, I don't want to use Von Miller, but it, it, I think a lot of fans were kind of looking for maybe a similar kind of impact. And it, he, first of all, he's not Von Miller to begin with. And, but he, it hasn't been there. Um, that's been very disappointing. And it doesn't help also that you can make the argument the Dolphins 
if they were going to make that kind of move, they'd have been better off trading for Roquan Smith, uh, who just got voted, you know, Ravens team MVP, and it would have filled a major need on the Dolphins for a very athletic playmaking inside linebacker, which the Dolphins really don't have. What has been the problem up front? Because Christian Wilkins seems to be playing really well. Uh, Jalen Phillips seems to be light years ahead of where he was just a year ago for this defense. Uh, Bradley Chubb, while you're right, he hasn't been effective. I was telling Brownie earlier, if Chubb comes in and knocks it out of the park in the playoff, now his injuries aside, if he came in, it would all be forgiven if he became that guy for the next three weeks or you could get him on a little run here. Uh, but they seem to be talented enough. What is the problem, aside from injuries, I suppose? Well, it's pass rush related because, again, against the run, they've been really, really good. And and it's largely because Christian Wilkins, I mean, just had a phenomenal year. I mean, the guy is like Mr. TFL. I mean, at almost 100 tackles from, from an interior defensive line position, which is ridiculous. Zach Sealer's turned into a really, really good NFL starting defensive lineman. So against the run, no issues whatsoever. It's in the pass rush, rush game. It's they just they they just do not win very often when they're rushing four guys. Uh, for them to get pressure, it's more often than not has to they have to bring in a blitzer, a fifth guy or a sixth guy, and their secondary. Again, partly because of all the injuries they have, um, you know, hasn't been as good as it's been in the past. The Dolphins really have missed Byron Jones, who's a really really good cornerback. And when they had Byron Jones on one side and Xavier Howard on the other side locking up receivers one on one, it allowed them the freedom to be so much more aggressive up front and line up and put nine guys near the, near the line of scrimmage, even if obviously they weren't bringing all nine guys, but they could show different looks and without worrying, you know, about coverage as much as they do now. So, um, and having said that, they have a really good success story in Cater who was a rookie free agent who started a cornerback pretty much the whole year, who's been really pretty good in coverage and absolutely phenomenal tackler for a cornerback who's got a little bit of an issue uh, getting handsy down down the field and getting called for a few defensive holding penalties. But um, the biggest issue for them, though, is they just have not been able to get home with a four-man rush. Alan, thanks, as always, for bringing us up to speed on the Dolphins. Uh, we know you'll be covering the game on Sunday for Sports Illustrated, so uh, we'll keep our ear to the ground on your coverage throughout the offseason because that quarterback thing is going to be really interesting with that group, man. <laughs> <laughs> Never a dull moment with the Miami Dolphins, that's for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Alan. Alan. Appreciate the time. That's Alan Pupar, Sports Illustrated Dolphins writer, joining us. We will take a break because when we come back, we've got this week's legend of the game in studio. You know him. We all know him. Former number 22, one Fred Jackson, joining us in studio next here on One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.